Um, we're in the series like uh, oh, the, the season of Elephant in the Room, and I want to set my message up this morning by just saying a, a few stories or examples, um, and then we'll get into it. But uh, this will give you the uh, the indication of where I'm going. Um, you uh, speak to your teenage student and you say to him, uh, your report says uh, you failed three subjects. And his response is, yeah, but it wasn't my fault. And you look at him and go, well, whose was it? Um, you had a motor vehicle accident. You ran off the road onto the footpath and hit a pole. Y- yes, I did, but it wasn't my fault that they should have the poles further back on the footpath. You lost your job. Yeah, yeah, I did, but it wasn't my fault. that They, they wanted me to work. <laughs> or as I've had the experience, you can go to an airline and say to them, um, today I'm travelling to Sydney, but I'd like this bag to go to Sydney and this bag to go to Perth. And they would look at you and say, sorry, we can't do that. We can't send one babe to another city. And I said, no, you, you, yes, you can. And they said, no, no, you can't. I said, no, yes, you can. You did that last time I flied. Yeah. Um, yes, sir, but it wasn't our fault. <laughs> and, um, and I think that, encaps- that phrase encapsulates the message today. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. If there's ever been an era uh, on, on earth where it's never been anybody's fault, anybody else's fault, their fault. It's always somebody else's fault. And, and I think it, it speaks to the, the issue that uh, we've got to start to look at our personal responsibility a little bit. And I think that, that it's not my fault actually says one of our biggest problems is not our enemy, but ourselves. And uh, I want to look at our biggest problem today and the biblical solution to dealing with our biggest problem. Um, and firstly, our biggest problem is not our wife, it's not our husband, it's not our kids, it's not our boss, it's not even the devil. Even though he's our enemy, he's not our biggest problem. As a matter of fact, I believe that the devil only exists for one reason, to help us become bigger and greater people. Every time he attacks you, he takes the risk of promoting you into greater things. So I know He's our enemy and we have to fight with Him, but I still think that our biggest problem is not them or that, but us. The Bible says greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. And the truth is the devil only has access to the unsubmitted areas of our lives. So I know we give our life to Jesus, <laughs> but when we give our life to Jesus, almost we, we can hold back some areas that sort of we like or we don't really want to give over. And that's the area that the devil has access to in our world. Uh, it says it in James chapter 4, verse 7. It says this, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Not maybe, not possibly, he will flee. So you can resist, but first you've got to submit. And so the only access that the devil has into our world is the unsubmitted areas of our life, and there he has room to breathe and move in there. So for us to resist the devil, to, to, to see the devil flee or not be our biggest problem, we submit, resist, and he does flee. So the devil is not our biggest problem. Um, and of course, it's much easier to blame him. It's, it's much easier to, to blame or somebody else. If something goes wrong or it doesn't work out, it's, you know, it's in a spiritual attack, Pastor Mark. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was just a dumb decision. 
You know, you'd understand that I'm being attacked by the devil. Yeah, I, I think it was just a, a lack of self-control. And so what we do is we blame. And when we blame, we shift the weight of us to change and put that responsibility onto something else. So therefore we're okay. It's not my fault. It's not my fault if I'm not doing well in life. It's not my fault my marriage isn't going good. It's not my fault that my spiritual life's not working out. All these things are important and we blame things. We blame the devil. We blame somebody else. We blame our past. You know, like we blame our lack of education, uh, the abusive family we grew up in. And all of those are very real things and they, they take us to a place. But when you blame them, what you're saying is they have more power than you do or God does. They're saying, they're keeping me chained to my past. I, I, it's not my fault, it's because I grew up like this. And what you're saying is, no, whatever you blame, you give power to. Yep. Whatever you blame, you can blame whatever you want, but you're giving that more power than the Holy Spirit and God Himself. It's as great as He that's in me than He that's in the world. Right. And yet we're, we're blaming our past or we're blaming this person or blaming this or that. Don't blame, whatever you blame, you give power to to control your life. You become a victim and not a victor. And I've said it many times, husbands, do not blame your wives. They already have enough power. If you blame them, you just give them more and more power, whatever you blame. And blame, listen to this, this is important. Blame is always a result of deception. When, when it's never your fault, you are, you are deceived. <laughs> blame, blame is the result of deception. And the superpower of deception is you don't know you're deceived. That's what deception is. So you don't see you're deceived till later down the track because deception is being deceived and you, you think it's normal and things are fine, but people are going, yeah, no, I don't think so because you're not seeing it. And the result of being deceived is you blame. You blame this, blame that, blame people. It's like, it's like somebody calls you early in the morning on the phone and it wakes you up and you decide to answer it, all right? And, and, and you go, hello. And, uh, and the person says, did I wake you up? All right? And, you, and you, your response is, no, 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 no. I've been awake for hours. And you thought you said that cohesively. Yeah, but all they heard was, hours. You are deceived. You think it's all as is, but it's not. And that's how deception works. And when you live in deception, unfortunately, unfortunately, you blame. So when we start to blame, we, blame, we know we're in a place of deception. It's, in, it's when we decide to, to uh, maybe decide to be vulnerable to ourselves and to the world. And, uh, and we say, maybe I did make a wrong decision. Maybe, maybe, I, I, maybe I did say some bad things. When we start to take responsibility, it puts us in a position of honesty and vulnerability. And it's in that place that allows the Holy Spirit to do a work in us. If you're sick and you keep saying, I'm not sick, then you put yourself not in a place where God can move in your heart. It's when you accept your position, take responsibility and then allow the Spirit of God to touch you. That's where your change comes to take you into a bigger and better life. I, I, you will. I remember the day that I said, Jesus, come into my life. You know what? I admit, I have not got this all together. There's no one else's fault. This is my fault. This is my issue. Save me. I believe upon you today. And in that place of recognition of my vulnerability and need for God, I receive salvation. And it's no different with the, the, the way we do our journey now. It's in that place of taking responsibility for who we are that allows the Holy Spirit to do the work that He needs to do in our lives. I remember um, 
Uh, somebody said this, they said, if I could kick the person who's given me the most trouble in my life, I wouldn't be able to sit down for a month. There's a sense of we need to recognise who we are. And it's not a, it's not, it's not a all right, Pastor Mark, I'm a nobody. Yeah, you're right, I'm a failure. I'm a nut. No, 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 no. No, it's not about giving up. It's not about throwing in the towel. It's not having a self-esteem that's so low that you can't move forward. It's basically a revelation that I can move forward when I know where I am. You can't go in the right direction unless you know where you are. And if you know where you are, you recognise the need to accept responsibility and ask God to help you to move yourself in the right place, in the right position, in the right spot. It allows God to deal with myself. And I've known over the years that myself is my biggest problem. Did you know you can't keep yourself happy by keeping yourself happy? Yourself is always your biggest problem. You're not the enemy. No, not anybody else, not the circumstances. It's always yourself that is the biggest problem. Back in the day, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, God delivered them from their circumstances. Number one, he, 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 they, were, they got to the Red Sea and the, enemy, the Pharaoh's armies were coming down to kill them. And Moses prays and God delivers them. He splits the Red Sea I don't know about you, but I think that is a reasonable miracle. Uh, you know, Pastor Chris goes down and moves a puddle outside. He's the man. But the Red Sea, he splits it. God is well able to deliver you from your circumstances. He's well able. As a matter of fact, I was given a card 20 years ago as a greeting, some sort of card, and it has not signed. It turned up on my desk 20 years ago, and it's still on my desk today. And it's got a picture of Moses splitting the Red Sea, there's walls of water going up each side like this, hundreds of feet, gap down the middle, Israelites to the right, Israelites to the left. And he's standing there like this and he's looking <laughs> this way and the caption reads, what do you mean it's a bit muddy? It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it reminds me of perspective, that God does incredible things and we get caught up on little things that mean nothing to anybody. But God can deliver you out of your circumstances. He, he can do that. As a matter of fact, they get through, the, the uh, Pharaoh's army charges into the gap and once they're all in, God closes the waters and destroys the whole army. So God delivered them from their circumstances and God delivered them from their enemies. So God's well able to deliver you from your circumstance and He's well able to deliver you from your enemy. Then you've got to ask the question, what stopped them from going into the promised land? If God's well able, then what stopped them? Today, if God's well able to do what you need to do, then what's stopping it? And I want you to see this because this is important because the biggest problem the Israelites faced was not their enemy, it was themselves. The thing that stopped them from going into the promises of God wasn't how big their enemy was or small. It wasn't how bad or good circumstances were. It was themselves. It was wrong believing. And until you deal with yourself, until you deal with your believing, then the power of God doesn't help you that much. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19 says this. So we see they could not enter into the promise of God because of unbelief. Even though God had brought them out of Egypt, they were still hanging on to parts of Egypt in their heart and to the place where they, they started, to, <laughs> God has delivered them and it got a bit tough. Uh, not, not tough, tough, but a bit tough. And they started to blame God. 
They go, why have you brought us out here to die? I can't believe it. We're better off in Egypt. Look, it says in Exodus chapter 14. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand, see, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which will accompany, accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. God did not bring them out of Egypt into the wilderness for them to die. He brought them out of the wilderness, brought them out of Egypt into the wilderness so they could inherit the promises of God. That was His purpose. But what stopped them? 40 years they wandered. And, and in that 40 years, it wasn't until they got their hearts right. It wasn't until they started to believe God again, when they started to deal with themselves, that they're able to get up and move into the promises of God. Let God deal with yourself. Let God deal with you. Get your believing in place and you're unstoppable. Now their hearts were right. Their enemy was no smaller. Their circumstances were no better, but now they are unstoppable. They end up at an impenetrable city called Jericho. It had never been beaten. It had never been overcome. It was the city of cities. And they got to that city and because of their heart being in the right place and God being with them, they took that city without drawing a sword or firing an arrow. They just had a holy shout and the walls came down. They walked into the promises of God, not that the power of God had left them, but their heart was in the right place to receive what God had for them. Today, I wanna, I wanna emphasise that the, the thing that God wants to do for you will happen once you get your heart in the right place. Once you start to deal with yourself and start to believe what God says. Um, Psalm 81, verse 11 through 14. But my people will not, would not heed my voice and Israel would have none of me. So I gave them over to their own stubborn heart. You know, you know what the greatest judgment of God is on us? just to let us do what we want. He doesn't have to create a catastrophe. He doesn't have to destroy things. His judgment on us is just, you know what? Let him do what he wants. Just let him do what he wants. And Israel would have none of me. So I gave them over to their own stubborn heart to walk in their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me. Then Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. Once they got their heart in the right place, that enabled the power and the grace of God to unleash what it had to bring them into the promises of God. We need to make sure we get our soul in position. In position, uh, believing, going back to the Word of God, getting our heart you know, in the correct place. So let me, let, me, let me deal with this or speak to dealing with ourselves. Number one, you need to reckon your old self to be dead at the cross of Calvary. You need to reckon it. You need to believe that you are a new creation in Him. That on the cross of Calvary, when Jesus died, there was something in the spirit world that was enabled to us that we weren't allowed to access before and now we have it. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. I am no longer a slave to sin, but a child of God. You see, um, I, I'm not a self-confident person, but I'm a very God-confident person. And the reason I'm a God-confident person, because I know I'm a son of God. 
I, I know without, I'm a son of God. And the way that you walk confidently in being a son of God is to know who you belong to. I belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I am a son of God. You are a son or a daughter. You have to reckon yourself into that position. You have to believe yourself into that position. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. The wrong believing that stops us from moving into the promises of God is when we don't see ourselves through the eyes of God. We see ourselves through our own eyes rather than how God sees us. And this is the very reason the Israelites couldn't break in to the promises of God. Look, it says in Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we, listen to this. This is, what, this is how they saw themselves. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. So we were in their side. So their view of life was, they see me as nothing and I see me as nothing. And once you see yourself as nothing, then you've got a problem calling upon what God has for us. See, what you must do is believe. You must believe that God is who He says He is and you are who He says you are. When you believe that, you now carry the weight of the Spirit in your life. And there's no doubt they were facing a serious enemy but God had said He would give them the promised land. And when they started believing what God said, then He dealt with their situation, their environment and their enemies, and they entered the promised land. The circumstances had not improved. The enemy wasn't smaller. They had just dealt with their biggest problem themselves, themselves. We must reckon ourselves to be dead through the work of the cross, we are a new creation. We must know who we are. And the way that we do that is to know whose we are. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For you are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you who are baptised into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You see, that's what the Bible says. And how do you see yourself today? What do you see yourself as? Do you really believe, believe that you are a son, a daughter of the Most High God? Uh, sort of, you know, I'm not sure, I, I think so. I, I, I don't feel like it, but you know, I think I am. No, you are a child of God if you believe upon Jesus Christ. When you believed upon Jesus, you were born again, the Bible says, which means you, you weren't born naturally, you were made alive to the spirit world where God is. And now we are a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He has promised to His heirs, Abraham's seed, which is now you and I, we just read it, He promised His kingdom. You get a new self when you're born again. You get a better self. You get a Jesus self. You get a royal blood flowing through your veins. You are now a priest and a king in the realm of the Spirit. That means you carry authority to do things that other people can't do. Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6 says this, And from Christ Jesus, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the King of the earth, to Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood, has made us 
kings and priests to His God and Father. To Him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. No longer a slave, but a king. A, 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 a change of, of, of ownership of who you belong to changes who you are as a person. You're no longer a slave to sin. You are now a son, a daughter of God, a priest and a king. There was the story of an heir to the throne who was kidnapped at a young age and put into slavery. And he lived his life as a slave. He didn't know any different till um, one day somebody recognised the royal tattoo on his arm and, and, and approached him and said, you know what? You're not a slave. You're actually royalty. You, 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 you've got the blood of kingship in you. You don't belong here, you're a king. And right now he has to deal with something. He has to deal with what he believes because his life would show that he is a slave. And yet he was being told he was a king. And I, I, I feel like that person speaking to a lot of people here today, where you would look around and go, well, my life doesn't look like that of a king. And yet you have the stamp of royalty on you when you believed upon Jesus. And you've got to make a decision what you're gonna believe. That decision will determine how you live the rest of your life. He could have said, no, I'm a slave. I don't believe that and stayed a slave. But the story goes on that when this is recognised, he saw who he was, he made the, the, the attempt, he, he escaped, found his kingdom and became a king like he was always meant to be. It all comes down to what you believe. And what do you believe today? Once, with, <laughs> once we deal with our biggest problem, <laughs> ourselves, our believing, our thinking, and start to believe what God says about us, and who we belong to and who we are, then our challenges and our enemies end up being footstools. We, we sang it this morning about giants under our feet. That's where they belong. And that happens when you know who you are in the realm of the Spirit, knowing that you're a son of God, a daughter of God, a king and a priest. Maybe, um, maybe, it is my fault. Maybe that's not a bad place to start rather than it's not my fault. Maybe we've got to start right there and say, you know what, it is my fault. I, I haven't believed right. I, I've not had the, that, that thing to say, you know what, I'm gonna believe the right things. See, when you, when you say, you know what, it is my fault, then it's the beginning of self-awareness. It's where it positions you, springboards you into a bigger and better future. When you don't blame the devil or others or circumstances, you accept responsibility for your future. Now, now you know where you are, you can move forward. And if God before you, who can stop you? What do you believe today? About yourself. What, what do you believe? Do you really believe you're a son, a daughter of God? Do you really believe that you're a king, a priest in the realm of the Spirit? What, what part? Yeah, I don't know, Mark. I just, I, I'm just not that good. I'm just not that holy. I'm just not that worthy. I just, I just don't do all the right things all the time. I, do you know you're, you're not a priest or a king because of what you do? You're a priest and a king because of what God did. It's got nothing to do with your, your worth or what you think's right or wrong or how you act. It's what you believe about yourself. 
And it all depends on what you believe what God says. It's not about your conduct or your strength or it's about knowing who you are. It's a story of a young corporal uh, who served in Napoleon's army back in the day when they ruled most of Europe. And every now and then, Napoleon would just check all the troops out. They'd all have to stand still. He would walk past them all. And, and if you moved, if you blinked or twitched, you were executed. It's a tough gig. And this particular day, he's going down the lines and his horse rears up and is about to land on Napoleon and this young corporal jumps out of the line and pushes Napoleon out of the way. There was almost a gasp knowing that this young corporal will be executed. Napoleon gets up, shakes himself off and he looks down at the young corporal and he says, get to your feet, Colonel. And in that moment, he went from corporal to colonel. So that entitled him to some things. As a matter of fact, the next morning, he was able to have breakfast with the officers in the officers' mess. So he got his new uniform on, colonel. He walked into that officers' mess that morning. And as he walked in, a lot of the officers knew who he was as a corporal, had no idea what had taken place. and said, what are you doing here? You don't belong. You're not an officer. You didn't go through military school. You've not been in the battles that caused you to be an officer or you're not proving yourself to be that. You don't belong here, get out. He, he, he stood there and he shook himself off and he said, you know what, you're right. I, I don't deserve to be here. I didn't do all the things you, you did to get here, but I'm not an officer because of what I've done. And there's a big picture of Napoleon on the far end of the tent. He says, I'm not here because of what I've done. I'm here because he said so. And today, you're a son and daughter of God, not because of what you've done or haven't done, but because He said so. And once you reckon that, once you acknowledge that and believe it, you now put yourself in a position to put giants under your feet and see the opening of the promises of God come to light in your life. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes today. Lord, I thank You that You saved us and redeemed us God, it wasn't done because we were worthy. It was done because You love us. And all we have to do is believe. We just reckon ourselves, just reckon ourselves to what You say about us. And God, I know that in the spirit world, it changes the dimension of who we are and what we can achieve. God, I thank You for every person here today. I thank You that people are on their journey. And I, I, I challenge people to stand up and believe what God says about them. What God says, not what... Not what you think, but what God says. And I thank You, Lord, in that place, there is breakthrough and authority and power. The promises of God open up to a new dimension. With eyes closed and heads bowed this morning, I don't know everybody here today, but maybe you've never reckoned yourself. Maybe you've never believed upon Jesus. Or maybe you need to come back and recommit, reconnect with God. Maybe your journey took you outside of God's hand and you went and got and did stuff and away. The great news is it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been, God's not angry. He's not mad at you. He created you. He wants the very best for your life. Today, you can come back and be reconciled with Him. You can give your life to Christ and believe upon Him. And He'll help you be all that you're meant to be. That I don't want to embarrass anybody, but eyes are closed and heads are bowed. I'd love to pray with you, right? What where you're seated, even online, right where you're seated or standing online, you can you can pray, make this decision and believe upon Jesus as well.
But if that's you today in the house, then you know what? I wanna believe upon Jesus today. Or I wanna reconnect or recommit my life. Would you slip your hand up? Just give me a wave. And I'll pray with you this morning, right where you're seated. Thank you at the back. That's a great decision there. Others today, if that's you, give me a wave. And say, include me in this moment. Pray with me today. I wanna know Jesus. I wanna come back. I wanna recommit my life to Him. I wanna deal with my biggest problem, myself. He is my answer. Let's look one more time from the front to the back to the left, to the right, just making sure I don't miss anybody. As we thank you down the front, that's a great decision right there. Lord, as I looked, I, I saw those hands go up, but it's not what you saw. You saw those hearts, your creation, the people you died for, their hearts open up towards you. No greater moment is it in a person's life than right there and then. The beginning of salvation, the beginning of the rest of their lives as a king, as a son, as a daughter. God, I know heaven rejoices when even one comes back. I know you're gonna love them so tightly and completely, they'll be children of the Most High God. God, I thank You for each one of them in Jesus' mighty Name. And all of City Point said, Amen and Amen. Let's celebrate those great decisions today. Congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. 